Welcome to BeerNet Radio. Listen to on every continent except Antarctica. B double E double R R N E T N E T Beer. BeerNet Radio. Yo yo, can you hear me? Yeah. Good. I was gonna close my shades, but I guess I won't. They're fine. It's not bad. Okay. I I guess my. Oh yeah, (laughs) my neon fell off the wall. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's on the floor. (laughs) I didn't even notice till I turned the camera on. Uh, Oh well. Uh... We'll fix it in post. (laughs) No, we won't. Technical difficulties. Different kind of technical difficulties. Did you watch the Oscars? I actually watched a Netflix documentary on Ted Kaczynski on my laptop with headphones on while Millicent watched the Oscars. So I did glance up and see uh, why was Will Smith crying so much? I I just saw him (laughs) and then I and then Millicent went to sleep. So I never got a chance to ask her what what was he bawling about? Because you weren't there. You're serious. Are you serious? I am serious. Yes. So Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett's hair because she shaved her hair because she has alopecia. And at first, Will Smith looked like he kind of chuckled. But then you see Jada Pinkett like make a face like she ate a turd. So then Will Smith goes up on stage and slaps the hell out of Chris Rock. And goes, yeah, and goes and sits back down. Everybody thought like, wait, was that scripted? What? But then I think like in the US, they cut that part. But I think it was like a Japanese version or something circulated that then Will Smith started screaming, keep my, ne- my wife's name out your effing mouth. And, and so that's it, and then th- didn't she have like an affair with somebody? Yeah, a long time or, ago. Yeah, I guess I, that doesn't matter. But I, um, <laughs> that is amazing. I totally missed all. I guess I was like, oh, it's so boring. And I was, I was <laughs> not being funny because I didn't have the sound up. So I guess I did oh, miss yeah. out on all the fun. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Chris Rock and Will Smith getting after it. Huh. <laughs> after on, on on live abc network television yeah i love it i love yeah. seeing stuff like that hi bianca you're uh you're on mute and your camera's off <laughs> you don't have to have your you know well we would prefer your camera on but you don't have to have your camera or your sound <laughs> off. yeah hi, you, you don't need me? your you don't need your sound or camera on it's fine bianca my name is harry shoemaker I have Jen Litz Kirk on the line too. We're editors at Beer Business Daily. We have been following your coverage at Courthouse News with bated breath for the last couple of weeks on yes. this Stone Molson Coors case. Um, fascinating case, Bianca, because we're in the beer industry. It's our life. We've been reporting on it for 20 years. It was a huge surprise within the industry. And you were there for most uh, of the trial. So first, uh, tell us who you are and, uh, and how you got to Courthouse. Um, so I have worked for Courthouse News for a little over six years. Um, and unlike you folks who are in the beer industry, I guess I could say I'm in the court industry. I'm a, a journalist focused on um, covering the court in San Diego pretty much exclusively um and so we had some coverage a bit of coverage when the case was initially filed in uh 2018 um and it was supposed to go to trial last year and that kind of got postponed 
you know, like everything else during the past couple of years. Um, and then we just wrapped up the three week trial. And of course, uh, the bombshell and the headline from that is that Stone was awarded $56 million in damages uh, because of alleged, you know, confusion between Keystone Light and Stone. Uh, they had asked for like $256 million, so they didn't get what they asked for. But, uh, you know, from our perspective of the industry, it's like there is there can't be any there, there's just it, you know, it's just uh, anathema. It's crazy to think that there would be any market confusion between the two, but that maybe it's because we're in the industry and we're, you know, we're in the trees. We don't see the forest. I mean, just from as a lay person, uh, what did, what were your personal thoughts? I mean, are you a beer drinker? <laughs> um, it's funny you say that because I'm, I'm a San Diego and I'm from San Diego. And so oh, so, I, okay. I'm, I'm familiar with stone brewing. Um, you know, I've, I've gone to, uh, their restaurants a few times. Um, my dad enjoys arrogant bastard ale. Um, you know, he Mm -hmm. (laughs) mostly for, for the, uh, name of the beer, but, um, you know, when I told him I was covering the trial, he said the same thing. How could anyone confuse (laughs) stone brewing for Keystone light? They're two totally different things. Um, and I'm not much of a beer drinker. I'm more partial to cocktails. Um, so I like to think I could be kind of an impartial witness <laughs> during yeah. the trial because of that. Um, and that was kind of the, the, the thing, right? That was what the trial was focused on. I think that's what all the folks in the industry were kind of wondering is, is how could this jury, you know, come to the conclusion that, um, compute consumers in the marketplace were confused and there was you know there was evidence to show you know on both sides that there was confusion or there wasn't confusion right Right. um i i do think what some of the stuff that was compelling was um when keystone kind of first introduced its packaging and stone showed um some folks in the industry itself in terms of uh the distributors for for beverages were confused there were signs you know in stock rooms of uh grocery stores and liquor liquor stores kind of directing um you know not stone brewing keystone light or or vice versa and so i think that was compelling but there certainly was you know evidence on both sides to kind of um bolster each other's claims and then the jury ultimately um sided with stone right and a lot of people you know in the industry are comparing it to like an an oj uh you know you know how could this have happened but the point is is that the what kind of what really came out of this that surprised everybody was how much uh that that uh, stone uh owed 400 and what 450 million to uh i think it was 464 that is a half a billion almost is very shocking to anyone. And this almost seemed like a hail Mary on their part, just to try and save the company and keep it intact because they do own their own distribution in Southern California. There's some uh, speculation that that distribution company might even be worth in the brewery. Um, They, they don't want to split that up uh, to raise money. It seems like at this point, although, uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, 
when you were like listening to uh, Jen, go ahead. I know I'm hogging the mic as usual. Sorry, but I, this will be <laughs> my last one. But okay. when, when you're when you were like listening to testimony, did you get a sense of of kind of the jury going back and forth? And did you ever get a sense of, of what their thoughts were just, I guess, by looking at them? <laughs> um, um, not too much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the, the jury, and I am careful to kind of, um, you know, in terms of demographics of, of juries, it was, um, a majority, uh, a jury filled with women, mm-hmm. um, presumably women. I don't know their gender identity. And so I don't sure. want to assume, but right. I believe it was a juror, a jury. There were initially nine jurors, but the one juror dropped off after the first day of trial. Um, so the case was decided by eight jurors and seven of them, I believe were women. Um, and one was a man and I don't think I didn't include that in my reporting and I don't know that, um, any others did. And so that was kind of something I kept in mind and I'm, you know, that was intentional on the part of the, um, attorneys when they selected the jury at the beginning, you know, I'm sure they, uh, did not want, uh, people who drank either stone or keystone light or were intimately familiar with the brands to be on the jury um and so you know it was a bit of a tedious trial it was three weeks which isn't totally unheard of for a civil case and uh that's typically my wheelhouse as i cover mostly uh civil litigation as opposed to criminal um they get a bit tedious some of them looked a bit bored at points i was a bit bored at points yeah um I think both sides did a really good job advocating for their clients. I mean, the judge said, said as much. Um, But in some ways, I think some of the evidence they put on was really beyond kind of a lay person's interest or understanding of of the ins and outs of the beer industry. It certainly was beyond my uh, interest or understanding. And I'd imagine it was for the, the jury too, particularly, I think, both sides put on, um, you know, some expert testimony and they, they paid for, I'm sure they spent an exorbitant amount of money. I don't know how much on these, uh, consumer confusion studies, which I didn't even get into my reporting as much because I just didn't find it as compelling or, or interesting, but they, both sides did pay for, um, studies of consumers to kind of do like shopping surveys and, uh, put things in the market and say, if someone asks you to pick up a stone IPA from the store, what would you get them? And if, you know, they ended up picking up Keystone Light, then Stone said, ah, see, that shows that they're confused about what exactly uh, stone brewing is now that we have this infringing packaging. That to me was a bit beyond maybe what they needed to do to kind of prove their case. But um, yeah. I don't know, maybe the jurors would say otherwise. Yeah. Um, so, hey, Bianca. Uh, Jen here, nice to meet you. And thank you so much for all this extra color. It's fascinating. So, you know, to your point, um, both sides presenting compelling evidence, it didn't seem like a complete slam dunk for Stone, right? They got 56 million in damages. They had asked for about four times more. And after, you know, the news broke on Friday, we got a statement from Molson Coors saying that jurors rejected the assertion that Miller Coors willfully infringed on the trademark. So can you give us a little more detail about that, about, you know, that they didn't willfully infringe? What else was said about that? I'm not an attorney, so I don't, (laughs) I don't know how much insight I can offer in terms of, um, 
you know, the, the legal kind of definitions of willfulness and exactly what a juror has to find in order to find for that. But to your point and it not being a slam dunk for stone, I mean, I think the most compelling, at least for me, I found it very compelling evidence that, um, that Miller course put on was this, um, this woman who worked for the company and was an archivist, which is really fascinating. And I don't know, you folks in the industry may know more of how um, usual or unusual that is. But she basically went through all this old school 90s advertising, um, which really showed, you know, Keystone came out in 1989. I think it showed as soon as 1990, if not 1991, that they were using the word stone to Harry's point in their advertising of Keystone White. They were referring to it as stone. Um, they had party with the stone merch that was kind of uh, quirky and fun and all these old school graphics. Um, and so they certainly showed that they used the word stone. I don't think there are any questions about that, but they didn't own the trademark. Stone Brewing did. Um, and both uh, Greg Cook and Steve Wagner, when they testified, kind of said, you know, the history of choosing the name Stone, Stone Brewing, why they chose it, going to the library in downtown San Diego to look up um, trademark archives at the library to see if they could use the mark. Um, applying for it, you know, just a few months after they started brewing in 1996 and then getting a, a trademark um, certificate two years later in 1998. I mean, they are the ones who owned it. So even if Keystone used it, they didn't own it. They could yeah. have. They can't, you know, the beer came out several years before Stone Brewing was even founded. Um, but in terms of like the law, Stone Brewing owns the trademark. And so I kind of think that's that's really what probably won over the jury and that's why they won right they had that piece of paper and because you know stone was a keystone was before stone they were in the trade they were interstate so that you know you would think they'd kind of own the mark but they never applied for it which just is just crazy to me a company that size because they were calling it like you said a box of stones when they came out with the 15 pack that was when really keystone light took off and they call it a box of stones and uh nobody thought anything of it at the time and uh boy $46 million later. Sheesh. Maybe I should sue Molson Coors. What do I have on them? Do I have anything, Jen? Do I have on something? Indivi on individuals, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I have I have one more follow-up, Bianca. Um, so you've you covered tons of trials, right? And I assume you've seen other trials like this, right? For infringement. Um, I guess how does this compare to what you've seen before? I mean, were you surprised by the verdict at all? I wasn't surprised by it. Um, it actually reminded me a bit a few years back and I have covered trials. Um, I don't know that I'd characterize it as a ton going to trial is fairly unusual, right? Sure. Most, I think at least, you know, 90 or 95% of cases, an attorney could tell you how many ends in a, a settlement or dismissal. Right. So really very few cases actually go to trial. Um, I have covered some other trademark kind of intellectual property cases and and the case did remind me a bit of a trial I covered a few years ago um, involving another kind of uh, San Diego you know household name and that was Comic-Con and so hmm. um, San Diego Comic-Con sued uh, Salt Lake Comic-Con for using their trademark and and the um, people in San Diego won that um, and so 
there were kind of some similarities there and it reminded me of it a bit. Um, and then what was the, <laughs> sorry, what was the rest <laughs> of your question? Surprised? I, yeah. I wasn't really surprised. Um, when I was sitting there, I did think that Stone had um, proven that the trademark had been infringed, but I thought that their, their monetary ask was a bit steep. Mm. I know that uh, folks in the industry seemed really surprised when I reported um, how much money they owed to their investor, mm-hmm. um, that that it, it seems like that was the first time that had been revealed publicly in, in folks kind of uh, maybe people who uh, don't like stone were more inclined to say, um, oh, they're just going to use this to, to pay their debts. And then this is kind of their Hail Mary to um, pay off their investor. But that, I that's, think that-, that is definitely the a lot of people that you know, we get a lot of emails from from people. And that's just been kind of the general consensus because you know I, I like Greg uh, uh, Cook and um, but you know Greg Greg is very um, you know he's he's the beer Jesus and um, yeah he nicknamed himself beer Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean the, no, nobody's ever going to accuse Greg of not being narcissistic. I don't. I, hopefully, he doesn't sue me for saying Greg. Just kidding. Love you. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I think that's he's created some some enemies. I think there was a little bit of uh, sanguine. Uh, wow, that was a big number. And Bianca, f- trust me, nobody knew, uh, at least I didn't know. And that was a big, probably the biggest news out of the trial other than the verdict itself. Uh, so it almost makes um, you wonder why Stone would even want to go to trial knowing that that would be disclosed publicly, well, right? I think, I think it's, I think it was well, about to be disclosed it. anyway, because you yeah, know, I think the, the notes coming true. Year. Yeah. It's coming, uh, it's coming yeah. due. And so, true, true. yeah. So anything else that we haven't, that, that Bianca, we don't want to keep you too long. So what, anything else that we're missing about this that, it, that nobody's asked you yet? Um, I think, I mean, that it's not done, right? And so there's going to be some post-trial filings and motions um, from both sides. I imagine uh, Miller Coors is going to appeal at some point. Um, They may have to wait out until uh, there are some motions before Judge Benitez, who's the judge who oversaw the trial. Um, But Stone is expected, and I believe they've already uh, indicated that they're going to ask for, um, treble damages, which is basically triple the damages award. So that would get closer to that, um, you know, 216 million that they had asked for and, and, you know, half of that, uh, money that they owe their investor. Um, and so that's kind of the next thing to watch is, um, whether judge Benitez finds that they should get that, um, extra bump in their, damages award um and it's basically as a punitive measure right right and Um, how long does that normally take do you have any idea (laughs) um uh, i'd imagine (laughs) at least six months yeah um and and if miller cores appeals uh the i don't know that they how they'd appeal the jury um trial but they may appeal uh They'd certainly appeal a tribal damages award to the Ninth Circuit. Um, and once that happens, I'd imagine it would be about a year before we'd hear oral argument in that. So so this is going to be going on for a long time. And I don't think Stone's going to see any money for at least a year. Um, right. 
Was there yeah. anything said about, yeah, I mean, almost obviously they can't use this packaging or campaign anymore, right? So was there anything said about cease and desist, you know, how quickly they have to get that product or is the product still, I think the product's still in the market, right? Or I forget. Um, that is, I believe still being worked out, but I, I think they were already starting that conversation okay. immediately after the, the jury trial, uh, you know, came to a close Friday afternoon, which is also typical, right? Juries don't want to come back on Mondays. Right. So, so they'll have a, a verdict, you know, at, at 3 or 4 p.m. on a Friday, um, which is what happened here. And so I think immediately after the attorneys were discussing um, those motions regarding um, stopping of the sale of Keystone white packaging that's found to be infringing, I know, I believe uh, Stone plans to seek disgorgement of the profits they say that Miller Coors has uh, earned the past four years since they filed their case against them selling the beer and Stone estimates that to be over $700 million. Okay. Um, and I believe Stone said they'll even seek, uh, you know, profits earned from distributors. So there's mm. a lot of um, tentacles to this wow. issue that are, that are, you know, beyond Miller Coors and you know what's been characterized as um you know the, the david versus goliath fight which i know some in the industry also are you know beer fans and beer watchers have also taken issue with with um the way that stones characterized it considering it's filed uh, similar suits against smaller uh, craft fellow craft right. brewers um which yeah. i did not get into my reporting because that wasn't uh, what was that issue in this trial? <laughs> and I know some people in, in comments to me were, you know, or just about some of my reporting were upset by that. But, you know, I, I was reporting on this specific case and not the um, kind of galaxy of other cases related to it. Wow. That's, um, you know, I, I'm now, I'm thinking that because, you know, I was a little bit surprised that Molson Coors didn't immediately just come out and say, we're going to appeal. They said, you know, maybe that's common. We're going to assess and do what this or that, but I'm 46 million might be cheap. They might just say, Hey, we'll give you 46 million right now to settle. If you just drop everything and, um, risk, it's all risk, uh, assessments and cause they are a public company and you know, nobody wants a $700 million possible judgment hanging over them for years, you know? And so I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud, but uh, well, Bianca, thank you so much for being on on such short notice. And uh, your, your reporting was fantastic. We, uh... I will say uh, I'll be hosting a Twitter spaces tomorrow at 11 Pacific time in the morning um, with the Courthouse News Twitter. And we'll be talking about the trial also. Oh, okay. We'll tune in on. for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks. And thanks for reporting about beer. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. Take care.